Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Your Town Crime. This week we travel to Bozeman, Montana. Montana is the setting for three of my favorite movies. Shannon talks about the only unsolved murder in Bozeman. I'd like to thank podbean.com for getting our podcast out to you guys. I'd also like to thank podbelly.com for teaching us how to start a podcast. If you'd like to find other good podcasts, go check out their podcast directory. Thank y'all and enjoy the show. Hey, Shannon, how's it going? It's going, Jason. How are you? I'm good. It's good to be back for another week, week number 23. Yes. Episode number 23. And we say it every time, but insane. 23. Yeah. It's uh, it's exciting. It's exciting to do this every week and, and to know that we're, we're, we're still going and things are still growing. And this week we've got uh, Bozeman, Montana, so uh, it's pretty exciting. It's a place that... You said you've never been, but nope. And I've never heard of it. Never before. heard of Bozeman. No. Okay. Am I, I supposed to? Is I that like know. a known? I, I think I'd heard about it before I went. I'm pretty I mean, sure. Detroit, I've... yes, but Bozeman. Bozeman. <laughs> All right. Well, I've been there, and I'll talk more about that a little bit later. But uh, it's been been a pretty busy week. Busy weekend. It's a holiday weekend. Oh my still. goodness! It's been We're off today. Yeah. Nonstop every day. Fourth uh, <laughs> of July weekend. America's birthday. That's what my son calls it. When's Aww. America's birthday? He woke up Saturday morning and had uh, red, white, and blue stuff on, oh, like put it on so himself. Cute. And was so excited about it. <laughs> he and must get that from his grandma. He does, yeah. <laughs> his grandmother, we're all pretty patriotic, but she is very patriotic and loves anything red, white, and blue. It looks like uh, fireworks have exploded. <laughs> red, over. white, and blue fireworks have exploded <laughs> in, her, uh, in her house. Uh, but it is. It's a, it's a fun holiday. We enjoy that and uh, enjoy celebrating America's birthday. Yes, and we you, had such a fun time downtown yeah. uh, with our little small town, put on a good... A huge fireworks show. Yes. Our small town, huge fireworks show. Mm-hmm. We didn't we didn't catch any buildings on fire again Yay. this year. <laughs> that's uh, a win. That's a win, yeah. Yes. There was that one time that, you know, we won't talk about anymore. <laughs> yeah, my nephew, he is from not from here he's like from an hour and a half two hours away and so he's never been to s- something like this before and he said sweetwater it's where you dance in the street and you watch fireworks <laughs> that's all he knows about it huh? yeah yeah i saw your boy your boy was dancing in the streets yes yeah. he loved it like yeah. four or five songs straight just getting down yeah, they shut down Main Street, play music, everybody dances, bunch of well, bunch of kids dancing and some <laughs> some older older people I guess, but yeah. Let me just He's say he down. gets those moves from his daddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my son walked over there, but he just watched. Yeah. Well, at first he was my son was real shy and timid, but he just couldn't help it. Like he tried to not dance and he just he just couldn't help it. <laughs> When I ran into y'all, he was kind of, music was was going on, and we were talking to y'all, and, and he yeah. started moving and pumping his arms a little bit, and like, put me down, Dad, I want to dance. You just tell. Yeah. So he was he, excited. He's hilarious. That was so cute. And he saw the fireworks for the first time, and it was so cute. Keep in mind, he's two, for anybody listening, so he had a fun time watching those fireworks go off. Yeah, one, you're not sure. 
Yeah. They're really ready for it. Yeah, no, he didn't go last year. This was yeah. his first time, so. We took the baby out in a stroller, you know. It's a small town, so it wasn't like a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And everybody stays out of his face, you know. We were So, you know, it's still still a little early to take babies out, but he had fun, and he the fireworks didn't bother him a bit. Yeah. Slip right through Just him. sleeping. Yeah. Oh, man. So. I remember those days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Mason sleeps just fine. Yeah. <laughs> so he, hey, I guess he had fun. I don't yeah. Know. He, he was did. there. <laughs> he will, we'll tell him about it in a couple of years. So, yeah. And you, uh, you've uh, notified all your students, you said? Yes. I so. sent a letter out to all my little students for uh, this year. So that's exciting. Class. I know. I'm so excited. It's embarrassing. My mom started <laughs> teaching in 1975, I believe. And she still remembers her first class first class oh gosh yeah she can name most of them if yeah. not all of them and Aww. like sees them around town and go oh there's my little so-and-so and you know they're 50 years old now and, you know. <laughs> i saw three kids that are in our summer camp and they're in my class last yeah. night and they were like oh my gosh miss davidson and they were Aww. pointing and so excited and i was like hey <laughs> yeah yeah that's so sweet these it little kids so we saw a teacher last week uh, i was doing there was a uh, group at church and and uh, all the girls, like a, t- a teacher walked by and they're like, oh my goodness. And I all ran up and she just, they just swarmed her. And she's like, my fan club. So, I, I know. know. They're so sweet. sweet at that age. They just love you and it's just awesome. Yeah. And teachers are sweet too. I mean, it takes a special person to be a teacher. Uh, it just, uh, those little kids, I've, I've substituted back in the day, back right out of college. I substituted, and one day kindergarten was so hard. Oh my goodness, <laughs> yes. that was the wor- that was the hardest one. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm hard. six six foot something, you know, <laughs> two hundred and something, and and back then, and <laughs> these little kids, they're just so smart and so quick, and I did everything that was on the list to do, and I'm, they were still done they finished early yeah i finished early luckily my mom was still teaching and i was like mom i don't know what to do read them a book put a video in i was like okay so it was fun but yeah that when you had to roll out the projection projector thing with the tv that had the the little thing on it to make sure it didn't fall probably still using vhs tapes it was was 2000 it's probably 2004 i remember you know that's still the, the crossover yeah i remember in middle school if you had perfect attendance i think it was perfect attendance or b con a b conduct you could go to the auditorium and watch a movie and so you had to have a pass yeah and you got popcorn and we were in this big auditorium and they rolled out this small like 48 inch <laughs> tv <laughs> on a on wheels uh, yeah. <laughs> and like we all just watched it and there's like a hundred of us in there <laughs> it's <laughs> like it's a big deal <laughs> we can't even see it yeah it's so excited though yeah it's a big deal we yeah, didn't know that, any different. Yeah, the sub, you know, that TV would roll in. And you're like, yes. <laughs> yeah, if you're so really hilarious. lucky, you got to go get the TV. Oh, yeah, yeah. and roll it out. Yeah, your special, special treat. So I was never that trusted. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably fall and break it. <laughs> Oh, Mason watched The Sandlot today. Did he? The whole movie. Did yes. he love it? Yes. Well, he's been watching it, but not with us. And mm-hmm. it is now on Disney+. Plus. But at the very beginning where the kid comes out and he, before he's friends with them and he's yeah. going to catch the ball yeah. and he, yeah. he doesn't get yeah. it and he screams and they laugh at him yeah. and then he throws it back and they really laugh and they fall down. Well, Mason, when he saw him fall down, he was like... <laughs> and then he fell down <laughs> on the ground like making fun of him yeah. also <laughs> mimicking them it was oh, so cute that's sweet. yeah oh. and he heard the dog in the behind the fence growl and he said 
uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh-oh. That's great. Huck doesn't act it out anymore, but he did the same thing. He would act it out, and like we'd have to... We'd have to act it out, <laughs> and he would do all that to get. Oh, it's it so cracks great. me up. I mean, he's only two, and it's like not a cartoon. So I'm like, it, it's funny that he like yeah. enjoys watching it. So. I think Huck Huck started hitting it in when in when he was three. So mm-hmm. yeah, Mason's a little early, but it, yeah. for well <laughs> with Huck, <laughs> but it was yeah, it's a great movie. It's so good. Yeah, I, I've watched it. I've never, I'm not getting tired of that one. It's uh-huh. just like, we've watched it and watched it and watched it. And I'm like, okay, let's yeah. watch it again and turn it on. <laughs> he hadn't watched it in a little while, but he, he still turns it on from time to time. But yeah, he's into Peter Pan now. You told me that. So yeah, he's still, still watching Hook and the old Peter Pan and any Aww. Peter Pan he can find. So <laughs> yeah, that's a cool story. I, I think he's kind of realizing that he's got to grow up and he doesn't want to. Aww. He's just five. So Hey, that's smart. And yeah. My thoughts exactly. Yeah, I well, yeah. I wish I was. I wish it, well, I was my kid's friend, like I was his age, so I could play <laughs> with him. So, wish I could go back in time, do that, like shrink down and be a, a five-year-old with my son, and like be his brother or something. That'd I mean, be cool. my brother was uh, was cool, but you know, <laughs> that'd be fun too. I'd go back and do that again too. <laughs> we fought like we fought like crazy when we were little, but I'd go back in a second yeah. to to relive that. So. Oh, well, I was an only child, so I don't Aww. know what that's like. <laughs> I had a lot of cousins, yeah, though, so it felt... cousins and friends, about. Yeah, yeah it was fun. I got to play with all my cousins and then go home and get what I wanted. Get what you wanted, right. <laughs> yeah, you and go. play by myself if I wanted to. Yeah, that's not bad. All right, so we want to get into Bozeman? Let's do it. Y'all ready? Y'all skipped ahead. <laughs> <laughs> No, they didn't. You can stop right here and start listening. All right, so Bozeman, Montana. I guess I'll take it away in the first part like I always do. Um, I might start focusing. seems like when I try to hit everything, sometimes it uh, gets a little too much like it did in Detroit last week. So I might just start focusing on some of the cool stuff or what I think is cool and uh, the, big, the big stories of the history. Um, it, just took, it might just depend on the town. I don't know. Last week it seemed like there. I tried to fit a lot of stuff in, and I, I should. Well, uh, it was Detroit. I know, though. I know. It was the first. This is the first big city, so I didn't <laughs> know what to expect or how it was going to come out and how I was going to say it all. So, uh, just bear with us, and we're going to figure figure out what we're doing one of these days, maybe. But <laughs> maybe both, not. yeah, maybe not. So yeah, I've been to Bozeman. We fl- I flown into there in the airport. It was one of the coolest airports I've been in. It's very very small, mm-hmm. but it was beautiful. It was like a log cabin. Type oh, deal. Cool. It's only got a couple of gates. It's not not much, not big at all. But there's like the uh, there's animals in there that've been uh, been stuffed, actually demised. Uh. You know that's in there, and that's that's cool. And it was just it was just you fly to Montana and you land at the airport. It's like okay, this is Montana. It just fits. It yeah. Fits. So whoever the the architect was for that knew what they were doing. Like people come to Montana to see this, so <laughs> we're gonna when you land this, what you're gonna see a big, big, uh, a big uh, log home kind of you know yeah just like a big lodge is what it looks like. So it was it was great. And then we drove across uh, Montana to Billings, and then we went down to. Um, Little Bighorn, where uh, Custer that we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tying to last week, uh, yeah, where he died in the uh, Little Bighorn in that that uh, campaign, and then we drove back down to uh, Red Lodge, 
Montana and then to the Beartooth Highway into Yellowstone. So beautiful. I just loved it. And uh, I can't wait to go back to Montana. Yeah. I flew in again to, to Cal, uh, Kalispell and we drove up into British Columbia and I want to go back there too. Uh, but anyway, Montana is just beautiful and people are moving there. Um, what time of year did you go? Let's see. Let's see. We flew into Bozeman for that trip was around right now. It was in July. Um, I believe today I was going down the Beartooth Highway, July 5th, 2000. I was. It was July 5th, 2014 or 15. Okay. And um, when you're going down the Beartooth Highway, there's snow still in July. And I guess there's always snow year round. And they closed the highway. It's closed. It's, op- it's closed more than it's open. Uh, it's like May to September. Okay. It's, it's open. But July 4th is when they close down the ski slope. There's like a little ski slope and a, a little you lift. Yeah, talked about that in a different episode. Yeah, when I was in Wyoming probably. And it's just crazy okay. that, you know, people are still skiing in, in July uh-huh. somewhere know, in the wild. United States. So. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so it was about this time that I was in in there for the first trip. And then we flew into Kalispell and I went fishing up in British Columbia. That was uh, That was in the fall. So that was okay. August, September, I guess, somewhere in there. So, but it's beautiful both times. I can't wait to go back. It's just a beautiful state. Uh, Bozeman, getting back to that, is uh, it's in Gallatin County, and the population is around 50,000. And in 2010, it was 37,000. So it's grown. It's grown a lot. It's grown, you know, a lot. That's that's not, that's a, you know, it doesn't seem like a lot, but, the, you know, 12, 13,000 people in, in 10 years is a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of it's just because it's 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 one of the, best places to live you know it's been on several lists for that and uh it's just beautiful like i said so people are trying to get up there and getting away from the craziness of other big cities mm-hmm. and uh it's a what mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a micropolitan area it's got about uh 115,000 people in that area uh it's mostly in gallatin county in gallatin county i didn't it's i think it's neat i don't know borders maps all that kind of stuff interests me and how counties are formed and and mapped and their borders and it's a very very long narrow sort of narrow i mean it's it's uh county and it's it's north to south and it's on the western or the northwestern edge of wyoming so it's on the western border actually of wyoming up in the northwestern corner so i I thought i don't know it's just weird um i thought it was weird and interesting i guess of how long it was and how big of a county it was. So anyway, you can check it out on a map if you like maps. And you're like, what's he talking about? So anyway, <laughs> all right. um, it's so pretty, too. I'm looking at pictures right now. And it's oh, like the it's town just, just sits. It looks like yeah. it's kind of like in a valley, right. kind of with mountains Valley, yeah. all around it. Yeah, it's called Paradise Valley for okay. a reason, you know. It just, uh, so I'm sure. So pretty. I'm sure when they first got there, it's just like, okay. This we're is where we're settling. Yep, yep. <laughs> So the indigenous people that have been there, they've been there for, you know, tens of thousands of years. It's the Shoshone, uh, the Nez Perce, the Blackfeet, Flathead, the Crow Nation, and the Sioux. Uh, it's primarily the Crow in the area around Bozeman. William Clark from Lewis and Clark, he, he came through when he was heading back east in 1806. And uh, he came through this area uh, pretty close to Bozeman and uh, wrote about it in some of his journals. And then the first uh, settler, the first person who who actually settled Bozeman was John Bozeman. <laughs> he came to came through, settled the town in 1864. 
He got there through the Bozeman Trail. Again, named after him. They like naming things after this guy. Uh, but he he was a, a big player in this area. The Bozeman Trail split off from the Oregon Trail down in Wyoming, uh, Colorado, Wyoming area, and headed north. Uh, there was some gold being found in Montana. He was trying to get people there and thought he'd try to find an easier route. Um, it followed some of uh, Jim Bridger's trail. Jim Bridger was a mountain man that had already been, like by this time, had already been there for like 40 years. Oh, okay. So I've heard of Jim Bridger before because of him him being a mountain man. There's, uh, you know, I'm sure he's, I'm sure I've seen a movie or something about him. I, I know who he is. When I heard that name, I was like, oh, yeah, the mountain man guy. Uh, so he kind of had a trail there too, uh, kind of close by. Uh, took a little bit different route, but Bozeman, uh, came through and took took people through it. Um, they blazed the trail, um, and they were trying to get people to Virginia City, Montana. The Revenant. The Revenant was that. Yeah, here? it says the Revenant um, was based on the book by a guy about a teenage Bridger plays a naive trapper. That's yeah. What it says. Well, Jim Bridger. Yeah. Okay. Well, Jim Bridger he told wild you know wild tales. Like big tall tales about, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I, you know, if you want to jump into him real quick, he was it was interesting. I, I watched a documentary about all these guys, and uh, yeah, he would tell tall tales. And like one one story he told was the uh, the the Indians, Native Americans, uh, like chased him in to to a canyon or something. He got boxed in, mm-hmm. and he kept going with the story and like dragging it along. And they're like, "What happened? What happened?" And he's like, "Well, they killed me, of course." Oh my you know, God. that was the punchline at the end. Like they killed me, of course. And here I am standing. So, you know, I'm the legend and like, but he <laughs> told tall tales like that. So I'd say the Revenant, you know, that, I don't know if that's one of his tales or if it's just based, the based on his, scene. But yeah, but he had, I'm sure he was attacked by a bear. I'm sure he was, uh, uh, charged by both. I mean, just everything. Cause mm-hmm. he was there for 40 years and, and he actually knew several native American dialects uh-huh. and, and just, he was just, he was a mountain man. Like, he was the mountain man. Yeah, he had, um, there was a book called Bridger in 1976 that was made about him. But, yeah, Revenant is based off of him. There's books about him. So, yeah. interesting. How did he die? I, I don't know. <laughs> they write that down. But yeah, so Bridger had kind of gone through about the same time, and Bozeman used part of his trail and then cut, cut and did some other things. Uh, ended up uh, getting getting people to Virginia City. Uh, for gold, um, and then uh, in 1864 he settled there where Bozeman is now. And him and Daniel Rouse and William uh, Bill they plotted the town. After the town was plotted, um, people started coming to the area for gold. Of course, like I was talking about, the federal government sent in troops that started uh, guarding the trail in 1865, and they set up Fort Reno, uh, Fort Phil Kearney and uh, C.F. Smith and uh, to help guard the trail and hurt, help guard people that were on the trail because there was a lot, of, a lot of Native Americans in that area. It was their land. They were trying to keep people out. And these tra- wagon trails, they were kind of hard on, they were very hard on the land. I mean, okay. they just, uh, just you know, they had cattle grazing all the way and just eating up everything. And then uh, river crossings were hard on the river. Uh, wagon wheels were hard on the, on the, on the, the ground mm-hmm. and it's just uh you could tell when people went through you can still go and see where the trail was and like still see 
see grooves and rocks and stuff from the wagon wheels and stuff. So mm. it, uh, it did take a, a big toll. So they, they were, uh, fighting people who were coming through there and trying to stop them. Uh, red cloud, a lot of the people you've heard of red cloud, sitting bull, um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, people like that, they, that was during this, this time, um, that they became prominent. December of 1866, Red Cloud defeated U.S. troops in the Fetterman Massacre. He, uh, they lured troops into a, over a hill, into a, an area, and they couldn't see how many troops were there, or Native American uh, troops were there. But they had like 1,500 waiting, and uh, the, the U.S. troops came over the rise, and they attacked them in a, in a, in a, and wiped them out. And... Uh, that that war ran through 1867 after that uh they closed the trail they closed the bozeman trail after that in 1867 because red cloud had successfully you know caused enough havoc that they said okay you can't go through this area anymore Mm -hmm. so red cloud the war went through 1867 they they signed a treaty in 1868 they closed the trail to settlers and uh, red cloud's like yeah we won uh, they they pulled the troops out of those three uh, forts, and uh, the Native Americans, uh, Red Cloud and his his guys, went and burned all three of them down. Like, yes, we won. We got them out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they signed a treaty that was very favorable for the Native Americans at the time. It was like, here's. It didn't set up any reservations. It's just like here's the land. You guys can use it just like you are using it. You're just free to use it. It's yours. As long as the, uh, the 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 game in the area can support your hunting mm-hmm. habits and uh, support your life, not hunting habits, but support your life and your lifestyle, y'all are good to have it. And uh, that sounded great. You know, that was better than Cherokees oh, had it in a lot of people usual. in the South. Yeah. yeah. Well, a couple of years later, they're like, yeah, the buffalo numbers, the herds, the numbers Going are getting down, down so it, it can't really support your lifestyle anymore. And, and so um here's a reservation you got to go live over here so yeah that and that there was you know it was it didn't it wasn't that cut and dry and that that clean and pretty but uh Mm. but there was you know fighting and and battles after that too a little bit more uh amicable uh red cloud ended up beating ulysses s grant uh you know going to washington dc uh so it was more it wasn't as as bloody uh Mm -hmm. to get this get things fixed up uh but you know it wasn't the best after all in 1876 that's when everything's you know kind of changed the u.s started taking taking the land back and and putting them in reservations and started using the trail again for military campaigns now the bozeman trail is uh parts of the interstate 25 from uh douglas to buffalo interstate 90 from sherman to bozeman and highway 84 and u.s route 287 to virginia city so Mm. i traveled some of those those roads uh, 90 for sure and down 25 i think a little bit so uh i've been on part of the bozeman trail i didn't even know it while i was there that's cool Um, so now i gotta go back and i'll pay attention (laughs) all right so getting back to uh to john bozeman um i said 1964 is when he he platted the town with the other two guys uh, he died in 1867. Uh, while he was there, he was a businessman. You know, he was setting up the town. He was, uh, you know, be- becoming wealthy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he died in 1867. Uh, he went with one of his business partners, uh, Tom uh, Cover. Uh, Cover wanted him to go to Fort Smith with him to help do some business stuff. And on the way, he got killed by 
uh, Blackfeet on the Yellowstone River. Well, that's what Cover said. Supposedly. Yeah, supposedly, yeah. This is uh, the first murder mystery uh, <laughs> in, in Bozeman, I guess. Right. And it was John Bozeman himself, so... Uh, the reason, you know, that was the, that was what was told back in the day. And that's in 1867. And that's what everybody believed until one of, uh, Bozeman's other founders that I'm going to talk about in just a second. Like all these guys run together. Uh, but Nelson story, who was, uh, who we're going to talk about in just a second. He sent out a guy, uh, one of his, one of his, uh, he was a huge rancher and he had scouts and he just knew all kinds of people. And he sent out one of his guys that worked for him to go. Uh, kind of scout out the place and see what happened, and he saw no evidence of any black feet, mm-hmm. um, no no signs of them at all, no ponies, no motor tracks, pony mm-hmm. tracks or anything. Um, so mm. they don't know what happened. If if Bozeman, if a Cover shot shot Bozeman, uh, they also uh, saw said that Cover's wound had uh, had powder burns. Which oh. means it was close, mm-hmm. and it could have been self-inflicted. Because oh. Cobra had a shot too; he he got shot too. He didn't he didn't die, uh, but he got away. But I read that yeah. Bozeman was attractive too. Did you read that? that I didn't he read was that he like was attractive, attractive but, and good but, with the ladies. Yeah, he uh, he had a habit. I read his. He had a habit of flirting with the ladies. Okay, with and married that, like, with married women. Okay. That was it. That and went, then that yeah. could have made. His yeah, partner, that, like, upset or jealous yeah, or that something. Was, that was one of the things, too. There's also a, th- a theory that Nelson's story also had something to do with it. Like maybe, maybe he told him to do he it? He maybe told him to do it or had one of his guys do it or another raid and paid Cover off to, or something, you know. But uh, story, Nelson Story's grandson told this story later, um, and that's kind of where the like everybody believed the blackfoot story mm-hmm. until this happened right and they're like huh so now <laughs> nobody knows yeah they don't know but nelson's story actually uh they they buried him they buried uh bozeman and in, two years later story uh, had him exhumed and buried in the, the story family plot so and just to be nice because i guess it's bozeman so okay so yeah it was uh that's the first murder mystery <laughs> well, in Bozeman, yeah. If it's a mystery. If it's a mystery, it might already be solved. We just don't know, so it's, it is a mystery. Well, it's yeah, still yeah. a mystery. <laughs> we don't know the answer. All right, so going going into Nelson's story now and his story, um, if you guys have seen Lonesome Dove and, you know, Captain Woodrow Call and Captain Gus McRae and, you know, those guys, Yes. You've seen oh Lonesome Dove? Oh, my God, Dove. yes. So my, long, right? But yes. Your granddad? Your uh, dad. Yes. Every time it came on a Turner Classic movie, yeah. <laughs> I would, I'm like, oh, my God, not Lonesome Dove again. Lonesome Dove was based off of this guy's life. So uh, the book that was written uh, by Larry, Larry McMurtry, um, it, this, this dude inspired that novel. So... It's pretty cool. This dude, uh, Wild West, mm-hmm. through and through. Uh, he made uh, $30,000 in gold in Montana and then used that money uh, to go buy a herd of cattle. He bought a 1,000 head of, of Longhorns and uh, went down uh, down in Texas, and he drove those 1,000 those head of cattle up the Bozeman Trail from Texas. When he, he, once he got up to Colorado, mm-hmm. Wyoming, he got on the Bozeman Trail. Uh, so a thousand head of cattle, the U S government didn't want him to do it. The troops were trying to stop him. 
the Native American tribes were trying to stop him. I mean, like he had to fight his way to get there. Mm-hmm. And he made it all the way to Bozeman. And um, when he got there, he helped uh, establish the, the first herd in Montana. He set up a large ranch in Paradise Valley, and it's still in operation. Like his family still runs it. So, so cool. yeah. So if you're watching the show Yellowstone, mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah. Is that family is, is still there. They are very rich. They're very powerful. And uh, just because they've been there for a long time, this dude was a very, very good businessman, pretty shrewd, uh, maybe a little little dirty back in the day. He got in some trouble with the Crow, Indi- Crow Indian Agency, and he got, he got charged with, uh, with cheating the Crow, Crow Indian Agency uh, through some fraud, like saying he was selling them, you know, more than he was and, like, mm-hmm. uh, selling them uh, cattle for a certain price, certain weight, and then giving them calves. He had the first mansion in the area. The story house uh, is is the story mansion is there. His son actually built that, but he had a he had a big house too. He was the first millionaire in Bozeman. Uh, he was one of the first aldermen. He uh, helped start the first bank. Uh, he had mills. He was into real estate. He gave land for the Montana State University that that is there in Bozeman. Um, there's a story street, a story mill, story hills. Uh, Nelson Story Tower at um, at Montana State. Uh, the Ellen Theater was built by his sons and named after his 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 wife. So like this town could have definitely been called Story Montana. Yeah. Like Bozeman got the people there and he started it, but Story made this town. Yeah. Um, what it what it is. What now. it is. Yeah. And this dude, you know, just a huge businessman. Um, he uh, you know, in the Crow Indian Agency that I was talking about a second ago. They they actually went to trial and he won. Like they threw the court the the case out. Mm-hmm. And he was later he was later was told that he said that he he actually bribed. He was bragging you know later in life that he bribed the, the bribed judge. him yeah oh. to get him out of it. So uh, so mm-hmm. just pretty shrewd. Uh, evidently he uh, maybe he tried to bribe Bozeman. He might it have didn't work and it didn't work and <laughs> took Bozeman out. It could have mm-hmm. been I don't know. And he uh. He was an executioner at one point. There was a, some stuff going on with cattle rustling and I don't know, just all kinds of stuff. And uh, he shot a dude's hand off at one point. And for the rest of the life, the rest of that guy's life, he like hired him and paid him and uh, <laughs> like felt bad after, you know, like did it. But he's like, you know, you learned your lesson, son. Oh my well, come gosh. work for me, you know, kind of deal. So uh said he never shot an Indian is what his, his grandson said. So that's what he always said whether that's true or not. And that was his words. Never shot an Indian. So, mm-hmm. um, whether that's true or not, who knows, but this dude was wild west and became a millionaire, actually got into real estate in Los Angeles later with his son. And there's a, there's a building in the Los Angeles, one of the first skyscrapers in Los Angeles. So they have a lot, a lot of money. They have a lot, a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a cool, uh, documentary that I watched on all this PBS, put it out. It's called the Bozeman trail. I uh, just looked that up on PBS and you'll find it that tells about all these guys, Jim Bridger, Nelson Story, uh, John Bozeman, all these guys and all their stories, Red Cloud, it goes into all that in a lot more detail than I just did. And it is an amazing story. And uh, it's just Wild West, everything you think about, uh, those old those old movies we used to watch, this is it's kind of the real history of that. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely, if you're interested in Montana, if you're interested in any of that, go watch that documentary on PBS. It was, it was really good. Uh, so... Moving on into the history, um, in 1892, 
uh, the U.S. Commission of Fish and Fisheries established a fish hatchery uh, on Bridger Creek, and I thought that was pretty neat because a fish hatchery in 1892 mm-hmm. in the middle of Montana, I thought that was something, you know, and uh, oh, yeah. it's still in operation. They, It's not all it's not just a, a hatchery anymore they do uh, fish technology and health and like all trying to improve the population and like studying their food and habitat and how to make it better and all kinds of things and you can actually go there and check it out uh so let's see there's also uh the 20th century uh, canneries uh became uh, a huge deal uh they, there seventeen thousand acres of crop land there and at one point, they supplied 75% of sweet peas to the United States. Uh, and they're still still big into that. Um, it has a, the first federal building and post office was built in 1915. It was empty at the time, but it was a film location for a river runs through it. Uh, Robert Redford directed that. It's got Brad Pitt. Okay. It's one of my, it's another mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies. Okay. So that's, I mean, two I great movies. Let's see what it looks like, because I think I've seen that. Yeah, Brad Pitt and his brother and his dad were yep, I remember were, were fly fishermen, mm-hmm. and yeah, and it's just a great story. And Brad met that girl. Brad Brad met a girl. His brother ended up marrying, marrying her. No, whoa, 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 no, no, hold on, that's a different story. What that, is that one? That, okay, so uh, we're getting into a different movie. That's um, that's a uh, Legends of the Fall. <laughs> Where he meets his brother, marries the girl that he liked, and then he comes back. He's gone forever, and then he comes back, and they, yeah. Yeah. That was Legends of the Fall, which was also set in Montana. All three of these movies are definite must-sees if you've never watched any of them. So uh, If you've missed any of those, Legends of the Fall, A River Runs Through It, Lonesome Dove. If you've got time, watch any of these three movies. I mean, it's just great actors. Brad Pitt's in two of them. Uh, and it was got, when he was younger, ladies. <laughs> He's a good-looking man. He is. Um, but, yeah, you've got Anthony Hopkins in uh, Legends of the Fall. Robert Redford directed um, River Runs Through It. Uh, so, Lonesome Dove, you've got, you've got Robert Duvall and Tommy Lee Jones, Danny Glover. It's just a great movie. If you, if you haven't seen it, you've got to. It's, it takes forever to watch it. Uh, it's, it was a miniseries, <laughs> but uh, it's definitely worth it. It's a great movie. Um, and all of them made in the last 30 years, I think. So it's just uh, it's awesome. You need to watch all three of those movies. The Museum of the Rockies was, was built in ni- 1957. And it's part of Montana State University, and it's affiliate of the Smithsonian. So that's a definite must-see when you go there. Um, in the 21st century, it's grown from the sixth to the fourth largest city. We talked about that earlier. earlier and it's, it's doing this because it's beautiful. Uh, the quality of life is great. And the recreation around the area, there's, there's fishing, there's skiing, there's, there's everything. If you love the outdoors, it's a place to be. Um, all year long, you've got something to do in the outdoors there. It's just beautiful. Uh, so I don't blame anybody for moving there. Uh, but please don't try to change it. I'd say that. Don't change it. Uh, if you change it, you'll ruin it because uh, it's perfect the way it is. Paradise Valley. Mm-hmm. So that's a... That's what we got, Shannon. That's I know. Yeah. I have no idea what Shannon's got. We didn't talk about this beforehand, so I'm going to be listening just like you guys are. Okay. So. So during my research time, Jason, I learned the murder rate in Bozeman is super, super low compared to other cities in the United States, which right. also makes it probably why it's growing so yeah. well. Also, the quality of life is great. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about crime. Right. Um, But the case we're going to look into, this one is still unsolved. And 
in a couple websites, it said it's the only unsolved murder in Bozeman, but that might be because they deemed uh, Bozeman's death from that other person. Yeah, I mean, there's an official story for that, so I think that's the official story, but there's speculation on right. that. Yeah. So, technically, this one's the uh, still unsolved, and it's actually the only unsolved murder known in Bozeman, Montana. Randy Church was a smart 23-year-old student in 1985, studying engineering at Montana State University. He was the youngest of five children. Friends and family say that Church was very well-liked, could get along with anybody, just a really, and his family said, being the youngest of five, he was just so sensitive and sweet, just a nice guy. Um, Church worked as a shift manager at the Bozeman Pizza Hut, located at 2300 West Main Street, which was adjacent to a student housing in at Montana State University. So you could imagine a Pizza Hut being yeah, close right there. there. It's a lot of people lot coming of people, in and yeah. out. A lot of kids. Or not kids, but young adults. Kids, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Church managed to work 15 plus hours a week along with his strenuous workload from college. On the night of February 10th, 1985, Church, being the shift manager, was covering a late night shift for a coworker who requested off for the weekend. It was a normal, busy Saturday night for the local Pizza Hut, and at the end of the night, Church stayed to close the restaurant down. Now, normally, there would have been two people that closed the restaurant, but on this particular night, for whatever reason, he was alone. And I guess he was probably, I mean, who knows, he might not have had enough people to help, or he could have just been nice and been like, you yeah, guys can go, go ahead home. and go I home. Yeah. Um, around 3 a.m., Church heard a knock at the back door of the restaurant. He opened the door. He was met with someone who shot him with a twenty-two caliber handgun in the head. The first shot was right below the eye. The second shot was in the back of the head. So I don't know if he turned around, tried to go, or if he fell down, was on the ground. There wasn't any specifics on that. The second shot, though, is what killed him instantly, according to his autopsy. His body wasn't found until six hours later, though, at 9.30 a.m. by the manager of the store, who was called to come in because he didn't open the store for another employee because he needed to open the store up to get them in to get ready for the next day. Police and the manager's immediate thoughts were that Church was killed due due to a robbery gone worse, whether it was one person or multiple The assailants took the overnight bag and 25 checks from the Pizza Hut that night. Later that Sunday morning, though, at the town pump in Bozeman, a theft also occurred where $911 was reportedly taken. In Montana's Press Monthly, one of Church's friends and fellow employees, Susie Williams, told authorities that a week before Church was murdered, there was a group of people that showed up after closing time that startled Susie, her then-boyfriend David, and Church. Susie said they had entered the side door after closing after another employee failed to make sure the door latched behind them after leaving for the night. So... That's a little yeah. odd, right? Why would That's you scary. get the back door of a pizza hut? Why would you why would open you go, it? Why would you go through it if right. you're not working there? 
So that's a little sketchy. Authorities thought they had two men for the murder, though. Ray Shriver, 52, and Mark St. Clair, 37, had escaped from a state prison in Albuquerque, New Mexico, on January 7, 1985. St. Clair was serving a 30-year sentence for murdering a deputy sheriff, and Shriver was serving 20 years for armed robbery and kidnapping. The men had stolen a vehicle and were headed north from New Mexico to try to get to Canada. The men crossed the border of the U.S. the day after Church was murdered and was eventually arrested near the city of Prince Albert. Wow. Police found a map, which is why they thought these two men had something to do with it. They found a map in the men's vehicle that had drawings of their route on there. So they went through Bozeman, according to their route. Several witnesses also placed the strange men close to the Pizza Hut that night. One of the detectives in Bozeman thinks wholeheartedly that those two men were responsible for the murder of Church, but with no evidence of a confession, weapons, or witnesses showing that they were there, there wasn't much that could be done. Those two men were then extradited back to New Mexico to serve the rest of their time, and both men ended up dying of natural causes in prison. And this case has been reopened because it's been over 30 years. It's been reopened in 2018 and they are still searching for any leads or any, anything. They said, don't think you're the authority said, don't think you're being a bother. Any little thing could lead them to the answer of that. Wow. Yeah, that's wild. That's a scary thing. If you're closing up at night, I know that's a lot of people are scared of that because of things exactly like this. Something Mm -hmm. that, Something that did jump out to me is you said that he was found the next morning mm-hmm. when somebody came in to work and it was the store was still locked up. Yes. How did the store get locked after he was killed? Oh, Jason, yeah. I didn't even think of that. I don't. I mean, they could have stolen his keys. Maybe easily. they didn't think to go back there though, or maybe because know. the door automatically locks. Like maybe the rear has an automatic maybe. lock. We'll see. Yeah, Because they said if it didn't latch the week before, okay. a group of people came through the back door because someone didn't make sure that it latched. All right. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. But that would be good, though. I'd, I'd look into it if yeah. I was a detective. Cause I don't, you know, if, if it has to be locked from the outside, mm-hmm. if it can't just latch on its own, it depends on what kind of door it is. Mm-hmm. Now, there's, yeah, uh, there's doors that'll do both. You can lock, unlock it. You can Surely walk out from the inside and it'll lock behind you. <laughs> Or you have to lock it from the outside. I mean, there's either, there's, right. there's all kinds of doors. So that is I true. Just, uh, I just thought about that, but, um, wow. That's Surely a, they would have thought about that. Yeah. There's a lot of people that, that close up at night that are always worried about something like this walking mm-hmm. out. Cause everybody knows that the, uh, a lot of people know at the end of the night uh, is when money's being taken to a drop box at the bank or whatever. So yeah, it's a uh, pretty sketchy and in small towns, I know there's, there's people who will, well, you know, you can, the, the police officers will follow you to the bank right. and make sure you mm-hmm. can get there. Uh, okay. Right. That that's a service that someplace, some small towns provide. Right. Um, or, you know, two people go, that kind of deal. Right. It's, uh. So super sad. This guy had a lot going for him. Only being 23 and. Yeah. Yeah. No telling what he would have turned out to be. That's always, that's always a sad thing. Well, I'm glad they reopened the case. I yeah, know. I, I hope, hope they get some leads to it because that'd we'll be awesome. To, we'll and then we could revisit. That. Yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be great. So you guys keep working on that. Um, if you're from Montana and Bozeman and you know anything, I'm sure that if you don't, if the dep- 
if the detectives don't know, please tell them. <laughs> yes, please tell them. Yeah, I don't know why you have it, why you're sitting on that info. Uh, so, Bozeman is a beautiful place and small, low crime, but there's still a little bit there. But uh, don't let that stop you from going. Uh, if you if you do go to Bozeman, go visit the Museum of the Rockies. If you're up in that area, if you know anything, if you're uh, any kind of a nerd at all, you're going to know that there's dinosaur bones being uh, exhumed up in that area. So there's mm-hmm. there's dinosaurs in that that museum. Um, just go visit that in Bozeman. Go to the American C- Computer and Robotics Museum. So if you're a computer nerd, you've got something to do there too. Um, or if you got a kid that's a computer nerd and they don't want to go see dinosaurs, take them to the Computer and Robot- Robotics <laughs> Museum. And you can nerd out there. Uh, Palisade Falls, Montana Grizzly Encounters, the zoo. looks like they've got some uh, some grizzlies in, in captivity or close proximity to uh, people uh, that you could go check out. The Bridger Bowl, I'm sure it's named after Jim Bridger. Gallatin Canyon, Gallatin River. Uh, the Gallatin History Museum, a lot of stuff. Uh, we don't know who Gallatin is, but that's who the county's named after. All kinds of parks, all kinds of trails. Uh, Yellowstone is not far from from here at all. So if you're in Yellowstone, you might as well drive up. The Ellen Theater that I talked about is still there. Um, there's the Montana Science Center. So this is a place for everybody. If you're if you're into uh, dinosaurs, if you're into robotics, if you're into computers, um, any kind of science like that, you're good. If you want to go uh, to Yellowstone and see all the stuff outside, if you want to ski, if you want to fish. If you want to raft, if you want to do anything outside, this is a place for you. Uh, if you want to go to a distillery, there's also Dry Hills Distillery there, uh, and I'm sure there's more. Uh, it's just a beautiful place. Take your family up there. If you're in Yellowstone, uh, either do like we did and fly into Montana and then drive down to, to Jackson like we did uh, through the Beartooth Highway. I, I, I definitely, strongly suggest driving down the Beartooth Highway to get into Yellowstone. It was beautiful. Uh, and we were there in the middle of the summer. I just, it's just something that everybody needs to put on their list. Uh, just Google that, check that out. Uh, check out that PBS documentary that I was talking about. Uh, look at that. Um, and find about, find out about the Bozeman trail and about all these, these wild West guys we were talking about. Yeah. It's a, it's a great, Great story. Watch those three movies. Yeah, you've got a lot, got of, a lot, lot of, of homework. Yeah, <laughs> watch all three of those movies: Lonesome Dove, uh, River Runs Through It, and Legends of the Fall. Read the uh, book, Lonesome Dove. Yeah, if you got some time, <laughs> I haven't I haven't read it, but the movie's long enough. Yeah, I could probably read the read the book as fast as I could watch the movie. Maybe it's eight hundred pages. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at it. I don't know how long it take me to read that, but I can get bored of that a lot faster than with the movie. <laughs> uh, but just uh it's just a cool place thank you bozeman montana for letting us uh research your town this week um again don't let the crime define this town it's bit it's a beautiful town low crime rate they're trying to find they've reopened this case trying to figure it out so and what was interesting too before um it had been eight years like a a drought of no murder or anything in eight years before this guy was murdered so that's pretty amazing that this town hadn't had yeah. Anything happened. Well, I'll say everybody's pretty pretty happy in this area because it's, I mean, like I said, it's just beautiful. There's no reason. If you're depressed, go outside and, uh, <laughs> get some vitamin D. Yeah. And just, there's actual fresh air in this town. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, it's pretty big, pretty, you know, it's 100,000 people in the area, but it's still, there's still fresh air. Right. 
I mean, it's just, I'm telling you, it is beautiful. Uh, hopefully they'll fly me out there for saying it's beautiful so many times. That would be great. Well, it's very beautiful in <laughs> pictures. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so thank you guys again for listening. We're going to throw the dart now. I think it's my turn. Is that right? Yep. It's your All turn. Right, you hit, you hit Bozeman. See where we're going next. Okay, Jason, where'd you hit after your 27 <laughs> attempts? <laughs> All right. So I had to try to hit Alaska again. I'm going to have to, I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay at darts or I was at one time, but, uh, I'm not good at hitting specific places on a map. I hit the ocean a few times. I hit Russia once on the outside of Alaska. <laughs> I got the Gulf of Mexico. I got close to Hawaii, which is on this map is in the Gulf of Mexico, like a little insert. But I uh, ended up in Florida. Florida. We got a Florida man okay. story, I'm sure. Oh, but yeah. uh, Fort Meade, Florida. It's a small town, about 5,000 people we saw. But we did find a crime, so we're going to go to Fort Meade. Florida next week for episode 24. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. I've got family that's not, they're actually here visiting right now that don't live too far from Fort Meade. Um, So stay tuned next week and listen to us. Have Uh, you been to Fort Meade? I have not. I've not (laughs) been to Fort Meade. I have been all around it, but I've not been there. Okay. I've probably been close. I've been close. (laughs) Thank you guys for again for listening. Go visit us at Your Town Crime Pod on Instagram. You can find us at Crime underscore Town on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Your Town Crime Podcast. Uh, you can also link to any of that stuff and find some other things on our website at YourTownCrimePodcast dot com. And uh, email us if you know anything about any of the episodes that we've done, any of the murders. Uh, if you know anything about the towns you've lived there, you do live there now. Uh, we missed something we'd love to and include that into another episode and do some updates and that kind of thing and hit on things that we've missed. Uh, that's fine. Uh, we know we're not going to get everything. So if you know anything, please let us know. Yes. In an, in your nicest way. Possible. In your nice, yeah. At your town crime pod at gmail.com. Like link and subscribe uh, wherever you're listening to this and share us with your friends. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye.